The Perfect Stress Podcast does not provide medical or nutritional advice, nor is it a substitute for medical or nutritional advice, and is not intended for the prevention, cure, or mitigation of any medical condition or disease. This podcast provides information only. Please consult a physician or nutritionist for advice. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Perfect Stress Podcast, where we walk that fine line between being productive and overdoing it and triggering stress-related symptoms. I'm Adam Darrow, your host and founder of MyStressAlarm.com. A couple weeks ago, I was talking about being stressed about Stress Awareness Month, (laughs) And also how there is no real structure or process for choosing between different holistic options or navigating the holistic world in general. Uh, So if you haven't listened to that episode yet, episode 49, I think you'd like it. But today, I thought I would pick up where I left off uh, because I think in order to have some kind of a decision-making process, there has to be certain standards. Um, I'm not talking about training and professional licenses and things like that, although that's important. I'm talking more about the method of action of a certain modality. Uh, How is it supposed to work? Um, If we can't prove its efficacy in a scientifically controlled way, can we at least be confident in our understanding of how it's supposed to work? And what's supposed to be actually happening? Can we at least get that far? Because there is a lot of quackery out there, so you do have to be careful. And if you wanted to go the holistic route, but you happen to be in some kind of pain or or you're starting to get desperate, unfortunately, there are people who try to take advantage of your vulnerable state. Now, for some modalities like energy healing, there is a certain amount of reliance, a prerequisite, if you will, on the part of the client to believe that the treatment will work in order for the treatment to actually work. Now, I understand, for example, that you can't you can't be hypnotized against your will, right? You have to be a willing participant. But there's a difference between being open-minded and willing to give something a good faith try versus actually believing something will work right off the bat. Because to me, the latter gets into placebo territory, which I'm okay with as well. Meaning if you feel better uh, and later on it was proved to be a placebo effect, well, so be it, right? Uh, You still feel better and that's what counts, right? But by requiring someone to believe that energy healing, for example, will work, Should that be interpreted to mean that we're conceding up front that the efficacy of the treatment may be based on the placebo effect? If so, again, I'm okay with that. But if that's not the case, then my question is, how can you expect someone to genuinely believe in something without that belief being based on experienced or some kind of observation? So for example, I believe in God. I can't prove God exists, but I can point to the endless details of nature and ecosystems and physics and and say there just has to be a designer, a mastermind. I can't prove it, but observation is my basis. 
But what would be your basis for believing that energy healing works if you've never done it before? Maybe knowing someone who swears by it? Well, that's them. Maybe they're gullible or something. Or maybe the observation that we know energy is all around us. But to me, that's kind of a big stretch because how do you get from there to your symptoms being relieved? And, th- and that's what I mean. What, what is the method of action here? Even if you can't prove it, that's fine. But you should, at the very least, be able to articulate what is supposed to be happening. So to me, you, you first need to try it. And then once you feel better, now you have a basis for believing it works. When I first tried acupuncture, I didn't expect much. I just figured I had nothing to lose at that point because I was pretty sick and and had severe abdominal cramping uh, and started losing weight because I didn't want to eat. And my only other option at that point was to take steroids, which I didn't want to do. So I didn't believe one way or the other that that acupuncture would work. Again, it was more of a last-ditch effort. Then I was dumbfounded by the results. I couldn't believe how fast and effective the treatment was. And from that point on, I was a believer. And in fact, over time, I think I actually proved, at least to myself, that it's not a placebo effect and it does matter where the needles go. Because I went to several other acupuncturists uh, and Chinese doctors and never responded to any of their treatments. Then I went back to Dr. Pang and I responded very well to her treatments, just like I always did. It was consistent. So the point of all this is that I gave acupuncture a good faith try, but I didn't really believe in it until after I got the first treatment and it worked beyond my wildest dreams. Now you could say, well, you know, it could be that I felt more comfortable with Dr. Pang and, you know, it's really important the relationship you have with your practitioner. And so the placebo effect could still be a plausible explanation. It's a weaker argument, but I think I proved that that wasn't the case either. Because luckily, I had the presence of mind at the time to log all my treatments with Dr. Payne because I realized that I couldn't expect the same results with someone else. So I wanted to try to understand what was different about her treatments. Plus, the fact that she was already in her mid-80s at the time, I didn't think it was wise to include her in any long-term plans. So for each treatment, I would write down as precisely as I could where I got the needles And many years later, four points proved to do the trick. Basically, three inches on each side of my belly button and above and below my belly button. And apparently, they they have to go in a little deeper too. Dr. Pang always put, put the needles in a little bit deeper than everyone else. So I'm assuming that makes a difference. But anyway, so nowadays, I can just ask any acupuncturist to specifically include these four points as part of my treatment. And it works like a charm every time. So to me, that's proof positive that number one, acupuncture is more than just the placebo effect. And number two, it does indeed matter where the needles go. Furthermore, and I'll get back to this in a second, but what this tells me in general is that experience can make up a lot for the lack of empirical evidence or scientific proof. Now, the process of finding a holistic treatment that works for you is frustrating on a number of levels. And I alluded to this when discussing my long-term vision for the podcast and my stress alarm app in episode 49. So to continue with my uh, personal experience with acupuncture, 
it's frustrating enough to go to licensed ac- uh, practitioners and get inconsistent results, right? That that that's that's already frustrating. But on top of that, there are studies that seemingly demonstrate that acupuncture isn't any more effective than placebo, which I've already proven to be false. Well, Adam, you're just one person. That's that's not a good sample. Every case is different. Okay, but how else can you explain it then? And am I some kind of alien? Would you not expect similar results with others uh, in the same shoes as me? You know, th- this notion that every case is different, I don't think every case is different. I think there are different groups of cases and, and severities uh, for sure. But that cases are similar within each group. Every single case is not unique. Because if that were the case, we wouldn't have a treatment for anything, right? I mean, every case would be different. That that doesn't make sense. Now, they actually do sham acupuncture treatments to try to control the study by uh, putting needles in the wrong spots uh, or superficial needling. So those would be the placebos, which still isn't up to the standard of double-blind study, but, you know, good luck trying to fool the practitioner uh, who's administering the treatment that they're not really doing so. Uh, but anyway, um, they did a meta-study, uh, I think around 2008. I'll put the link in the show notes. Uh, and I've shared this one before, I believe, many months ago. But this meta-study found that about a third of studies, so a meta-study, for those that don't know, is a study that studies other studies. So this meta-study found that about a third of studies showed that the sham acupuncture was just as effective as the true acupuncture was, which casts doubt on the concept of meridian points, which I've already explained makes all the difference, at least for me. So people reading this have no idea that there are people out there like myself who can prove these studies wrong. Now, I have nothing against studies, but do we know which type of acupuncture was employed in these studies? Was it five elements, which is one of the more popular ones here in the U.S., or something totally different? There are at least a dozen types of acupuncture. And I know for a fact that Dr. Peng did not employ five elements. Sometimes she used some circular tool based on what date it was. Uh, But she really spent a lot of time uh, before each treatment pondering uh, what the treatment should be. Uh, many times she used electroacupuncture as well, which they they do not use, at least at the uh, Maryland University of Integrative Health here in Baltimore, uh, formerly Thai Sophia. Uh, although I've had the, the treatment without electro and, and it still worked. So what type of acupuncture was employed in these studies? What symptoms were being treated? What were the experience levels of the practitioners administering the treatments? I'm sorry, but this information is important. We need to exercise due care in looking at the results so we can fully understand what's truly going on and make an informed assessment. So it's frustrating. I mean, I'm one of the lucky ones, right? I got really lucky with Dr. Pang. I could have went to any number of other practitioners, got no results, did some research, found this meta-study, then given up and taken the prednisone possibly eventually had my colon removed and live with a colostomy bag for the rest of my life. Which, by the way, I'm not putting anyone down who's had that surgery 
because their case may have been a lot more severe than mine. It's a personal decision to make anyway. Uh, There's no right or wrong. I'm just saying that my prognosis could have been vastly different had I not been so lucky with Dr. Pang. And what this experience has really taught me is that nothing can replace experience. You know, I read a lot of articles that use the term evidence-based. And it's so overused at this point. To me, it's nothing more than a marketing buzzword. And it's so ambiguous. I mean, what do you mean by evidence? Conclusive evidence or just a smidgen of evidence is fine. There are thousands of articles shared all the time based on these studies that basically state X may be related to Y. If you read that meta-study, you'd be swayed to the wrong conclusion, in my opinion, which is a shame. So you see, to me, evidence base is very narrow. It's very limited in what can be considered evidence-based. Um Now, you may say, well, that's a good thing, right, Adam? I mean, we want the bar to be high. But it's not so much that it's a high bar, but it's a bar that simply can't be applied to treatments that don't lend themselves to being studied in a scientifically controlled way. And therefore, anyone who's only open to trying evidence-based options is, in my opinion, depriving themselves of a whole slew of options, including acupuncture, which is a shame. So when I hear someone using the term evidence-based or I read evidence-based, alarm bells go off for me because that means they're dismissing just about every holistic modality out there simply because it doesn't lend itself to being studied in a controlled way. So I made up my own term, experience-based, in which evidence-based is included in experience-based. You see, experience-based is more inclusive. Now, As great as acupuncture is, Jessica Corvo, who I just interviewed last week, made a very good point, which is that you shouldn't consider acupuncture to be a long-term treatment. I mean, it's there in case you ever need it, but you shouldn't consider getting regular acupuncture to be a normal thing, unless you're doing it proactively, I guess. I mean, if I had the money, I would go every week. Why not? You know, I, I like how it makes me feel very loose like jello, uh, and obviously it has a positive effect on my mind and body. And who knows what inflammation I may be having at the molecular level that I'm not currently experiencing symptoms. But but the point is, is that you really should try to get to the root of what's going on so you don't have to keep running and getting acupuncture. I haven't needed acupuncture in many years because I realized that stress was my main trigger uh, of the flares. And that's how I got started with the whole chronic stress monitoring and uh, reactive stress management. And the rest, as they say, is history. Well, that's my two cents for this week. I I hope you find value in this episode and and all the other episodes. Please let me know in the comments uh, on the Facebook page or or always feel free to email me directly uh, at adam at perfectstresscoaching.com. Well, that's it for this week. Wishing you good health and success. Uh, Stay safe and thank you very much for listening. If you have an autoimmune disorder, heartburn, tension headaches, irritable bowel syndrome, high blood pressure, depression, or something else you think is stress-related, please try MyStressAlarm.com today. It's free for a limited time. There's no wearables or sensors needed. And it takes just one minute a day if you're slow. That's MyStressAlarm.com. 
Anyway, thank you very much for tuning in. And if you'd like to get new episodes automatically, just click subscribe. Also, I'd be much obliged if you left a review or comment. Well, until next time, wishing you good health and success. And remember, stress less to be your best.